Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We got the billboards. Getting stupid and feeling proud. We're going to make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Johnny O'Mara. Hands up for them real ones. Them good girls and them billboards. Hands up for them real ones. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bill Buds Popcast. I, of course, am your host, JPC. With me, as always, my co-host with the very mo host, JJO, Mr. Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how's it going? It's going great. It's hot. First, to, before we even say Get anything else. Way. Yeah. It's a, it's a 100 degrees outside right now. It's a scorcher. I, I, another scorcher. Look, I'll call today. Okay? Uh, <laughs> You'll call now. Um, I'll call now. Uh, <laughs> so I got my air running. So if I sound weird, I'm sorry, but I am comfortable. If I've ever sounded weird on this show, it's because I had my air running. And if I ever <laughs> say something that's like a bad opinion or something that gets me canceled, it's because I had my air running. That is that is one of my favorite things when someone says something horrible and they're like, oh, well, I was, I was sleepy. It was my medication. I, you know, I was drinking and it's like. Yeah. No. Anyway, I would love to tell you about a little concert that I went to. Johnny, you're always going to these fucking concerts. This, okay, I got this summer. I, I gotta hear about it. Been the summer of concerts. We saw Jessica's cousin's band, Scaffolding. Yes, that's right. They had a show here in Chicago. It was a great time. Um, it was it was so cool. They opened for a band called Monsoon. Who was okay. also extremely cool. Um, we d- we caught the very beginning of their set, and then we did have to leave because it was extremely late, and Jessica had <laughs> to like go on a work trip the next morning, so she had to be at the airport by like four o'clock. So we didn't see the whole thing, but I did listen to them on Spotify. Might might bring them to the show. Okay, because I, I think you may have told me this at one point, but could you hit me with like a genre that we're dealing with here? Of scaffolding, uh, uh oh, I no, I uh, mean like rock, okay. rock, rock. noise, noise, rock, rock noise. punk, sure. yeah. you know, just like I don't yeah. know. They they have apparently recorded an album. It's not out yet. They have a couple songs on Spotify, but no album yet. Um, okay, eagerly awaiting that. But yeah, it was a great time. It was like it was cool. It was at uh, Empty Bottle, which I haven't been to in a while. Yeah. It was, um, it was just cool to see like a more intimate show, and they were great. Yeah, that's fun, man. Shout out to scaffolding. I'm glad that you went. Uh, shout out to scaffolding. Uh, shout out to Jessica's cousin, Little Dirty Fingers, or something. You you told me jo- his name, but- Joey Fingers. <laughs> Joey Fingers. That's right. Okay, uh, I was I was pretty close again. Pretty close, I guess. Yeah. Well, Johnny. It's the summer of I haven't uh, gone to any uh, concert um, yet. Uh, well, not yet. I've gone to some concerts this summer, but I think it was like early summer. Maybe it was even spring the last time I went to a concert. I think the last time I went to a concert was that uh, Caroline Polachek, uh concert. Mm. But, Johnny, neither here nor there, 
maybe it's not it's not all about concerts. I think we talked about this once on the show. Um, I, I'm very behind in watching television shows. Uh, oh, okay. We talked about it before. I think when only like one episode has been out, I think maybe all the episodes are out now. I just still haven't watched it. I just watched the first episode of season two of After Party. Um, oh, that's are, great. Did you, you watch the whole season? We're maybe one episode behind. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll be honest. Mariah and I watched the first episode of season two. And we were like, huh, okay. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe we just got to give it a little more time or something. Uh-oh. I, I just didn't, nothing about it like hooked me. And it's been a while since I saw the first season and I couldn't remember if it started so abruptly because it's a super abrupt start to this season. I think it's the same. I feel like the first episode of both was like sort of similar. Sort of similar. Okay. Yeah. I, it must have been because it, it felt thematic, but I was like, man, I really yeah. don't remember if it was uh, the, that type of thematic. Have you uh, you dipped into Ahsoka yet? No, you know the 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 whole idea of the Disney app. I like I so rarely open it, mm-hmm. and I'm off social media now, so I don't really even hear about when things are like happening. But I've heard that Ahsoka is happening, and I it is. And it, I'll tell you what, no no comment on the content because I'll, uh-huh. I don't want to spoil anything for you or anyone who's listening. Something that I love. Is instead of dropping the episode at like fucking midnight, just came out at eight p.m. Eight p.m. Eight p.m. on a Tuesday. I love that. Love it. When when a show comes out, well, when a show, I guess when a show comes out at eight p.m., you can watch it like that night, right? Like that's. Mm-hmm. I remember watching a like Succession that way because it would come out like on HBO. That's what at like TV nine used to be like. Yeah, that's TV. But if something drops at midnight, are you more likely to be a watch? Well, I guess there's three options. Are you like watch at midnight when it comes out? Are you watch like the next uh, day, like at any time during the next day? Or are you a watch the next night when you would be like watching like your night TV? So it depends. If it is – if it's a Star Wars property that I'm going to be watching alone, I'll watch it first thing. I'm not going to stay up to watch it. But I will watch it first thing in the morning. You'll wake up Uh, and watch it. Yes, if it is something that Jessica and I will watch together, I'll wait. You know, we'll watch it like that evening, the next evening where we would be watching TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really imagine a scenario where I would stay up till midnight. I'll tell yeah. you, yeah, the last that. time I think I did it was like to watch season four of Arrested Development. I think mm-hmm. I like at midnight watched as many as I could before I fell asleep. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because they would drop them all in bulk, right? Like they would yeah. just like, yeah. And I was a different, I was a different yeah. man then. A younger man, for sure. Oh, God, yeah. I think Ryan and I have a very interesting strategy. We both do something very similar, uh, which is that we will forget that a TV show has uh, come out or is coming out until someone from work or a friend uh, says, hey, are you watching this thing? And then we'll come to the other one and say, hey, did you know that this show was out? And the other one would be like, I didn't hear about that. And then maybe a month from then we'll watch it. <laughs> That's pretty much That's how it nice. goes. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice, though. <laughs> that is pretty much how it goes. Um, hey, but speaking of how things used to be in the old days, back when you would just watch TV <laughs> when it was on at a TV uh, time, Johnny, we're going back in time today to the year of our Lord, 1995. But I guess it's 1995 in the U.S. What would that have been in Australia? Uh, 5991? 5991, yes. (laughs) It would have been 5991 in Australia uh, because we are reviewing a a debut album called Frog Stomp 
by a band called Silverchair. Both one word. Yeah. I assume, you know, I didn't, I didn't look this up, but I assume their name is from, uh, the, the, the Narnia books. Cause there's a book called The Silver Chair. Yes. They said it was from something else, but then eventually they did say, no, it was that Narnia book called The Silver Chair. Yeah. I've never read any of the Narnia books. Have you read the Narnia books, Jenny? I've read most of them. You pulled Silver Chair pretty quick. They are. You know, fine. They're yeah. they're fine. They're probably my favorite books about Jesus I've ever read. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, number one favorite books about Jesus got to be uh, well. First of all, New Testament, Old Testament, in that order. Christian Jesus coming out <laughs> on top. Uh, but if we're talking like straight up books, I got to give it up to my homies, John, Paul. No wait, George John, John, and Luke. Ringo. Uh, it's it's a bit too long. Peter? No, that was an apostle. Hey, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. But Johnny, what is your experience with Frog Stunt by Silverchair? So this is an album that I have listened to for a long time. I, was, I mean, the lead single off this album, I'm sure everyone of a certain age has heard. I'm sure you heard it. Um, Amen. It was yes. everywhere, and. Um, yeah, this is an album that I just revisit from time to time. It's it's nice. And something that I I think is really cool about this album that I, I know that we will talk about, I'm sure. And I would consider this a companion episode to our Hanson episode. Uh, yeah, I would too. I would absolutely consider this a companion to the Hanson episode. Because they were 15 when this album came out. And I think it's a it's it's a really interesting comparison and yes. contrast to what that uh Hanson album is yeah i and and i i for my part i was familiar with, with at least one of the singles from this album but i don't think i've ever listened to this album and i wasn't super familiar with silver chair just kind of in general or their their whole shtick but you know they're, they're kind of like australian grunge hansen is 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 how you yeah. could, is how you could think about silver chair and i got to say uh they yeah this album they re- recorded it when they were 15 they were in the studio for 9 days they basically just like recorded it in the studio they had a producer but it was like a studio producer like they weren't adding any bells speed and run whistles. album any percent <laughs> yeah amen to that <laughs> but here's the thing i don't think it's okay to take 15 year old kids and turn them into like commodities yeah you know mm-hmm. It, it, it's not not that I don't think 15-year-olds can't create art, not that I don't think 15-year-olds can't share that art, but it's different because they're putting this art into the world of, like, buying and selling and whatever. And this is 95. This is pre-internet. It's especially heinous to do this now uh, with, oh, yeah. with, like, the internet pressures and stuff. But even back then, man, it was just not a good thing to do. Well, And the, the single, like, fucking blew up. Yeah. And then... I, that's they're just faint. They're just yeah. That's just their job. Their job is banned now. Yeah, I mean, I was watching th- these guys were like fifteen year olds on tour. Or maybe they were sixteen on tour, like opening for like Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it's like I mean, yeah, it's just not not okay for that to be a sixteen year old thing. For what it's worth, I just saw Paramore. Um. 
the the Linda Lindas opened for them, and they're also children. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I I know. I, I know. It's. I feel weird about that, like children, you know, child actors, child musicians, because it's like it's not about children not being able to make art. I think they should absolutely be able to make art, but it's the commodification of it all that just gets so like messy and yeah, I don't know. So what you're saying is save the children. I'm saying that, look, there's a cabal in Washington, <laughs> D.C., and what they want is adrenochrome, and it's from a gland that can only be expressed when a child is fearful for their life. And it expresses most when children rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into my thoughts on the album. But it, it is, again, an album done by children, and it's pretty yeah. much like – this is what they wanted to make. This is the, they they didn't it didn't seem like they had a ton of like other fingers in the pie. Which is that's pretty cool. I mean that's, that's cool. That's probably better than like a bunch of producers getting in there and meddling. It's just like Yeah. We're we're 15 this is the album we want to make. Here you go. I I also saw that these guys broke up in 2011 and I read their message that they they posted when they broke up and they were like, hey, look, we're not really enjoying making the music anymore. And we always said if we weren't enjoying it, we would just stop and pursue other things. And that's what we're doing. But they also cited one of the reasons why it wasn't fun anymore was because of having like the experience that they did of being children in the public eye. And, you know, that's uh, the scrutiny. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. Fuck, wasn't Paramore, speaking of Paramore, weren't they like the same age when their first album came out? Man, now I can't remember, but I think, yeah, I think that they were like kids, that they were were young. I don't think that they were even like legally adults yet when their first album came out. Um, It's tough. The the only other thing I'll say about Silverchair is that they're they're not their follow-up album, but the one after that, I believe, called uh, Neon Ballroom, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Really like that one. That's it. That's it. We're not we're not reviewing it, so I'll I'll say it's a good time. <laughs> um, this one peaked at number nine and spent forty eight weeks on the charts on the top two hundred. But in Australia, it's an Australian year. <laughs> in Australia, it did hit number one. So this was this was very big in Australia, isn't it? It's so funny and it's obvious and it totally makes sense. But it's something that you just don't think about. Or I don't think about anyway, where like every other country just fully has their own deal. Yeah. And uh, like so much of our media is like exported to the rest of the world. But then like you can just be like a super celebrity. Yeah. In Australia. And like people in America have never heard of you. So it's very funny when I sit down and think about like, oh, there was a whole Australian like music ecosystem and still is obviously. Uh, that we just don't know anything about. It's interesting too because it's like I don't know. We we so much of uh, Western culture is like exported from Hollywood, right? Like mm-hmm. in America, like that's like that's where Western culture goes to be like pushed out all across the world. And it's not that other you know Western you know uh, whatever places aren't producing culture. It's just that we have like a stranglehold on you know the cultural yeah. hose as it were. But what's fascinating to me is not the fact that culture exists in other places, because of course it, you know, it does. I won't right. know anything about it, but there are huge. There are probably big pop stars all over the world from their, you know, their uh, geographic areas. But what's more fascinating to me is when someone who is not necessarily huge in America 
becomes huge in like another country, right? Like a star, they're like, you know, like uh, the, it was the running joke for a long time, but there's truth to it of how Germans love David Hasselhoff. Cause like yes. David Hasselhoff's music is, was apparently big in Germany for like a while, whereas not so much in the States. Uh, who's the, the band who got really famous in Japan? It was like, um, fuck. Oh, and it was the th- same way with the Killers, where like the Killers were like bigger in England, but they weren't an English band, but they were like yeah. huge in England. That all that that stuff just fascinates me. Where I'm like, huh? How did this happen? Cheap trick, cheap trick, cheap trick. Okay, that makes cheap sense. Cheap trick was like a a super famous band in Japan, and they're like you know famous enough here, but they were like the Beatles in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Johnny. Well, this album is 11 tracks. It is 44 minutes and 49 seconds. That is a long time for 11 tracks. Uh, released March 26, uh, March 27th, uh, 1995. Or if you're uh, an Australian, um, that came out in the 27th month on the third day in the year 5991. It's weird there, but it makes sense to them. Uh, Johnny, let's They're counting to- down. <laughs> To what? We don't know. Uh, we're, we'll, well, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus hasn't shown up there yet. So they're <laughs> counting two when he shows up. I guess that makes sense, but it also makes it very confusing how this first song uh, is called Israel's Son. Let's listen to it now. Johnny, that's a little bit of uh, Israel's son. Uh, this was the first single on the album. What are your What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I think this is a, this is a fun opening to the album. I I really enjoy uh, the bass in the opening. I think that's like pretty killer. It's got a great like super. F- I love the outro where they're just like kind of going crazy. The I am, I am Israel's yeah. son. Israel's son, I am. Um, and the the first verse is, you know, it's. Uh, I wouldn't. It's very like of its time and very like, you know, grungy, um, uh, uh, angsty. But I I think. For what it is, I really like it. I think the first verse is very, like, you know, it's a bunch of kids being like, well, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I I enjoy it. I will say, and I'll say this a lot, could be shorter. Yeah. Could be, could, could, could use some trimming. Reoccurring theme on this album that didn't really have, mm-hmm. like, a producer's touch on it. All, this, all the songs are... <laughs> Maybe a little long. Um, maybe maybe uh, these fifteen year olds could have done with like an editor. But you know, you, the editing part of your brain is not really developed at age fifteen. No, 
the I absolutely agree with you though. I love how grungy this thing starts out. Like it starts out like kind of like muddy and raw, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. this is gonna be this is gonna be just like people fucking feeling it. And I'll tell you what, that does not sound like the voice of a 15 year old. No, unfortunately, it's it's not necessarily something that you want to say when you hear like a really young person speak to be like, wow, you got your voice sounds. But I, I'll be honest. When I had heard this song, uh, not this song, but the next song on the radio and stuff growing up, I didn't know that the kid was 15 singing yeah. it. Yeah. No. I thought it was just like a it's, man it's, singing it. Right. That's <laughs> yeah, wild. And and a lot of it is probably, I could see them being like, well, we have to make this grunge sound. So kind of like doing Put a little upon, bit of an affectation yeah. on your voice. Sure. Because um, that's just sort of what was in. Yeah. Or maybe that's, I'll be honest. I've never heard an, uh, an Australian talk, so maybe that's just what they sound like. There's no way there, to know. There is a little bit of Australian talking on this album uh, where you can really hear the accents, which is really funny. But yeah, you're not, you're not even really <laughs> getting a ton of like Australian coming off of the singing voice. It's. I feel like there are so few bands, English-speaking bands from other countries where you can hear their voices. Usually, yeah. or their accents, I mean. Accents, yes. Usually it just like disappears but like arctic monkeys um kate nash yeah uh those are the only two i can think of sometimes it'll disappear until it comes to like certain words or whatever where you're like oh i can hear it on this word but this one i was just and i also think that uh partially owes to the style of the singing too because there's there's a lot of like the like long like sustained notes and stuff where Mm -hmm. if you're just stretching out words into sounds then the sounds all kind of sound like sounds yeah yeah Yeah. uh yeah i i enjoyed the song sounds all sounds like sounds professional music critic john patrick cohen (laughs) i do think that the part at the end where they speed up like they just keep um going faster and faster and faster i think that probably would have been cool like live but again it's it is one of those concepts there's there's a few of these on this album where it's like oh i get what you're going for it's fun but like it does kind of sound like a 15-year-old's like brilliant idea, which not to put down our, our, our the youth of the world, but, you know, a lot of 15-year-old ideas are not worth following through on. I could see them playing like house shows at their friends' parties or whatever yes. and being like, man, they fucking love when we, when we do that speed up thing at the end. Let's put it on the yes. album. Like, you know, it's something that just they're, when they're fucking around, they like try to see how fast they can go. And they're like, we should do that on the album. I, I had a buddy, I mean, who's, I was not in a band in high school, but I had a buddy, a friend of mine who was in a band in high school and they were like a band band. They, they played, they recorded music. They had an album. Um, but, you know, I loved it at the time. Cause it was like, my friend was in a band. They, you know, they were playing live, they were rocking and rolling, but like, it was good for what it was at the time, but I don't yeah. know that if I listened to it now, I would be like, oh, yeah, this actually doesn't like rock as hard as it did when I was like 15, like really caught up in it. But these are 15-year-olds that are doing that, but on a national, like global level, really, which is just a – it's just – yeah, it's a fascinating way to think of it. Well, anyway, Johnny, let's let's talk about track two. We got to talk about uh, track two. This is the one I think that most people uh, who would be familiar with uh, this band would be familiar with. This is a song called Tomorrow.
right, Johnny, that is a little bit of tomorrow. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on a tomorrow? I'll tell you, man, this is a, this is an all-time song for me. This is legit, like, one of my favorite songs. I fucking love this song so much. I I love the way he says... There are a couple, like, lines in this that are really great, but I love the way he says... Uh, you think you can keep on going, living like a king? Oh, the way he says, ooh, babe, well, I strongly doubt it. The ooh, babe is so good. Yeah. Um, I love fat, I love fat boy. <laughs> You're, like, call, I never knew he was saying like fat a, boy. I thought he was saying that boy for forever. Until today, <laughs> I thought he was saying that boy. Because uh, he's like talking about, I always thought, imagine he's talking about like a, a kind of fat cat, rich yeah. guy. So yeah. he's like, yeah. Um, or maybe he's talking about the, what's not the name of one of the nukes? Uh, uh, atom bombs, right? But, but yes, uh, yeah. it was like fat man, fat no, boy fat man. And, oh, fat, fat man, man and, and little boy. Little boy? Now yeah. I can't, yeah. They, the weirdly didn't have that part in Oppenheimer. Uh, say the what name of the bomb, the bombs? <laughs> Did you see Oppenheimer? <laughs> I did see Oppenheimer. Johnny, I, I will you, say your your review was correct. They got every white man in Hollywood to be in that movie. And some, un, I, they just sw- swept the, right up from the, the you know, the, the, cra- the cracks janitors. the crevices. Every, yeah, anyone, like, yeah. <laughs> if you're a white man in Hollywood, like, oh, you you're on set. You are on set and you are white. You are in this movie. <laughs> did you Did you enjoy it, though? Yeah, I, I had a good time at it. I, um... I saw Barbie in the same week that I saw Oppenheimer. Mm. Two radically different movies, but also two fun times at the cinema. Agreed. Uh, anyway, yeah, I really, I really, I like this song a lot. It's a good song, and anytime I hear it, I am happy to be hearing it. I think the song sounds awesome. It d- truly does not sound like a fifteen-year-old singing, and that's the last time I will say no. that. Um, but the the music also is just it just sounds like very like heavy and grungy and it doesn't yeah. nothing about this strikes you as like oh these people are like very young except lyrically lyrically it does seem like this is something that a younger person would write um not that I don't like it and I especially like the verse that we played verse two you say that money isn't everything but I'd like to see you live without it if you think you can keep on going living like a king baby I strongly doubt it it's like that's not really saying much but it's also but it's also not like it doesn't feel like it's um I don't know not pandery but like trite or too cliche it's cliche but like it doesn't feel like um I don't know like overly sweet What's the what's the thing where like it's like your comprehension of of like concepts where it's like first you like memorize then you like oh yeah synthesize, synthesize then you I don't know theorize like an, or, yes. a, anal- a, an analysis synthesis or whatever yeah yeah I feel like there's whatever say there are three steps I don't know how many there actually are I feel like at least in this song they're like on the second step. Um, where it's like slightly better than just like repeating something, but you're not really saying anything new. Uh, and I think we'll get to some songs later in the album where we kind of stay on step one. (laughs) The the part that is very funny to me though, is that in verse one, he says, there's no bathroom and there is no sink and the water out of the tap is very hard to drink. 
And it's like, okay, that's fine to say it once. But then they be, they take very hard to drink and make that the pre-chorus through the whole song. So they keep coming <laughs> back to very hard to drink. And every time they sing that, I'm like, man, that's not, I don't think, it's, it's not as it's cool nothing. as I think you think it is. <laughs> All right, Johnny, let's listen to track three. This is a track called Fault Line. The thing about the type of, and this is 95, the type of like angst that they are portraying through music here is like very much this like grunge, but also like kind of even a little bit of like post grunge type of angst, which was for a time that had the stranglehold, that had the market share of all the angst that like music was, I think yeah. it got supplanted by pop punk angst, which is the type of angst that mm-hmm. I grew up with, uh, you know, a few years later. Um, but it is, yeah. it's, it's it's interesting to like be experiencing a different type of angst from a kind of a different era in music. Yeah, it feels very uh, like pop punk and like emo is a very millennial genre mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, and this like grunge post grunge is super Gen X and feels so like. Like when I think of like MTV, like listening to this album, I'm just like, this is Daria. This yeah. is like, yeah. this is MTV. This is that, that you know, t- yeah. t- tune in, d- jerk off, rock, rock the vote, whatever it the, is. <laughs> the irony, the irony IV, like firmly plugged into your arm, just like b- coating you with like dark sardonic sense of humor. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this this is one of the songs, not to keep talking about his voice, where you can like almost hear that he's a kid. I feel like there yes. are a couple times where it's like, oh, I hear I hear you in here. Um, I really I'll tell you, we didn't hear it in the, the clip that I picked, but I really like in the chorus. It gets kind of like slower. And the way that he says, you'll only hear his heavenly cries. I love the melody of that part. And. You know, the one of the problems I think with uh, with what a super young person writing an album is that they don't have a ton of experiences to draw on. The lyrics from this song mm-hmm. is about like a friend of his that died in like an earthquake, I think. They don't lyrically they don't go very deep in a lot of these subjects, but there I feel like there is enough subject matter on this album that is like I, I was not being like, oh, this kid doesn't really have the experience to be singing all of these songs. He's he's singing a lot of like very meaningful songs for him. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's something that I kept in mind a lot too. Where it's like, as a fucking thirty five year old man, I'm 
my perspective on if any of these things happen to me, my yeah. perspective, the way I deal with it would be so much different than when I was 15. And I, he, I think that like, yeah, for, for his age, I think that it's, it's exactly what it, what it, you would expect and exactly what it should be. And I think it's uh, pretty good. All things considered. Let me ask you this, Johnny. What is the age that an artist has to be for you to stop really, like, considering them or really even considering, like, oh, for their age, you know, th- this blah, 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 blah. That's a, that's a great question. Because I, I was thinking about it. Like, Olivia Rodrigo, 18, putting out that album, I was very much thinking about, like, oh, their age. But, I mean, we do music all the time with people that are in their, like, early 20s. And at early 20s, I'm like, okay, now you're just doing, like, a band, you know? I think this is the number that immediately jumped out into in my head. 28. Wow, 28? Because I'm thinking about me. Okay, sure. And, like, when... I mean, I still don't know shit, but mm. when I was like 22, 23, I had just moved here. I didn't, I was, I mean, I was still like a fucking idiot. I didn't know anything. It's yeah. like, just thinking about, uh, I don't think like fundamentally as a person I've changed uh, because I'm, you know, I just was just talking to you about a fucking Star Wars show I watched. <laughs> I'm the same idiot that I was, but I think like, my understanding of the world and people and how I treat people, how I relate to people is so vastly different. Sure. And I think part of that, part of that is age, but part of that is like the experience too. So like maybe I, you know, 28 in a big city is a lot different than 28 in like, Exactly. My hometown. Like, it's all contextual. Because, you know? yeah. So, 28, but also, I don't know, if you grew up in, like, New York City, I don't know, 20. 17. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. if you, if you, right, if you grew up around other different people with different experiences and your own different unique experiences, that's one thing. But if it's someone like me who's just, like, some fucking guy, 28. I, I think 28 is, 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 that's a great answer to that question. I would go a little lower, but yours actually makes more sense. But for for me, I'm like, I would do like somewhere in your early 20s. Like my, my gut wants me to say 24. Because at 24, I'm like, okay. I That's just the, the point where I don't really consider you to be like a kid anymore. You're still fucking young, but you're not like a kid. I I agree. But also, I want I want you to think about the art that you made when you were twenty four, and myself, me, me too. The art that I made when I was twenty four. Um, there's a reason why I, it's inaccessible now. Hey, you know, like why I've made it so that people can't find it. <laughs> so that's a really great point because when I was eighteen, that's when I was making. Uh, 17, 18, That was when I was making the art that I'm glad that people can't find. By the time I hit twenty four. I felt like I was like well on my way to being able to okay. make things that I was proud of. Yeah, I, it's, which again, it's just it's just contextual, right? Eighteen, I was in Indiana. Twenty four, I had been in Chicago for a couple of years. So it's like you know, I guess by by twenty four, I had been here a couple of years. Yeah, I'll say I was probably like twenty four when I did some shows that I'm proud of. But I think <laughs> there's also a lot of stuff that 
Probably less trials. <laughs> uh, okay, Johnny, let's talk about track four. Um, let's talk about Pure Massacre. The thing that you really can't get away or get too far afield from when talking about this album is that it it does sound a lot like like Nirvana and Pearl Jam. It, it's like mm-hmm. it, it very much sounds like these are like kids who liked that stuff and are doing something very similar yeah. to it, you know. Um, but they're also fifteen. Like th- this song is about war, but like it's a fifteen-year-old's take on war, which is that war is bad, you know. And it's like okay, yeah, that was. Like, my main note for this too is like this is the this is the first one that really feels like lyrically juvenile yeah and and again i mean it they're children they're so, children they're sure. kids. but yeah it was like i think it's you know i read um he just like saw something on the news about a war and was yeah. like ah oh, geez that's a bummer huh but that's what happens when you're a and kid. he's not wrong no he's yeah that's the other thing. This is not a bad take. Like sometimes when you're like 15, you can have like a completely ill-informed take and it's bad. It's a fine take. It's just it's very surface level, you know? Well, and there's a, there's only so much What else what else could he possibly say about this topic at that age? Like not even I don't know if Australia ever had a draft, but like not even old enough to be drafted. Not even, you know, like just so outside of the realm of yeah anything well, that would impact your life I, that's the thing is that you're you're if you were if you were a 15 year old in a country that was like be experiencing a war right like if you're a 15 year old yes. there you know cuz i think about like um like like bono wrote sunday bloody sunday when he was like 17 or 18 yes. but it's about his experience right and in the troubles like that's it's coming from a place of like it's not just a thing that you heard about and are sad about and think, oh, that's wrong. But it's a thing that like actually materially affects your life. And it's it's different. But mm-hmm. it's like this is this is a little – yeah, I don't know. Is it my Vietnam? I don't know. But it's close. It's no, – no. And I'll tell you the big difference. He never says my Vietnam. Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. And I think that was the most egregious part. Well, And there's no helicopter sound effects. The, the, this uh, one also sounds good. Like, I do like the guitars. The guitars are like, oh, yeah. so heavy in this one. There's a fun – yeah. It's also – it's about a minute too long, but it's good. Well, yeah. Uh, that's a blanket statement for every song on the album. Sure. Yeah, I will – yeah. This song does still, like, whip. And honestly, the chorus, just saying Pure Massacre sounds fucking cool to say. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds cool. It, again, it's it, it sounds cool. Like when you're 15, and you think like, "What if I just said like pure massacre?" Because it's like, "What does it mean?" But yeah, whatever. I mean, this what? is you can't tell me that this dude didn't have pure massacre written on oh. his fucking Converse in yeah. Sharpie. 
Exactly. He had a notebook full of just like pure massacre and like rhymes for it and stuff. Uh, let's listen to track five. Yeah. This is a track called Shade. this one we're getting a little bit of uh, a little bit of an acoustic feel to one of these songs slowing things down a little bit i really like the the that riff that they do on the guitar just sounds like cowboy yeah shit yeah it's the like down 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 i want i want horses when i hear that there, there were some parts of this album that it was like sounded a little bit like blues traveler and i was like yeah there's like a little bit of like yeah. that kind of vibe here or that that it kind of reminds me of the riff in um what's the dead or alive the bon jovi song oh yeah one it one it that's one that's an all-time yep. song <laughs> um yeah i i love that that riff i think this is like a you know again it's sort of a uh, there's not much here lyrically but it sounds no. good um, and I do really like it at the, at the end. It really sounds like he's going to fucking blow out his voice. Yeah. He's like really going for it. And I, it does sound cool. And, and uh, like I said, there's some surface level stuff with uh, lyrics in this album, but they also do not shy away from like uh, trying to sing about like real heavy topics either. So it's like it's surface level takes on those topics, but they, they're really trying to like, I mean, this song is kind of about like, loneliness being abused being abandoned like feeling like you're feeling like you're a shade of yourself you know and it, or in the shade yeah. um in the darkness and it's like struggling with that feeling there's something there it's just it's just yeah yeah surface level yeah it's not nothing it's not nothing it is not nothing um jenny let's listen to track six now an 11 track album it's pretty hard to tell if this is the end of side a or the beginning of side b mm -hmm. um i'm not really sure i think it's half and half because it's so fucking long <laughs> let's listen to a little of leave me out I'm 
this song, uh, Leave Me Out, it, it, it's a... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think that there, if the assignment is like, hey, you 15-year-olds, write a grunge album, technically, like, this gets an A, right? Like, they're making the grade. This is this yeah. is a very cool, like, genre album. Very, you know, the... But but part of me just thinks it's like, what if we just had, like, bitchin' guitars, and I was just going, ooh, yeah, and that was the album? And that's kind of what... That's what <laughs> kind of what Leave Me Out feels like. It, it's just, like, a lot of long, sustained notes and a lot of heavy guitars. Yeah. The sounds sound like sounds, for sure. Sounds like I sounds, I will say... The good, I I do fucking love the guitar. That like really heavy like stoner rock riff. Yeah, I it does. It is bitching. Oh, but for but sure. yeah, lyrically this is kind of and and there's a there's a fun little fake ending there too. That's having a little uh, having a little little fun there. I like a fake ending, especially when the song is only like three minutes, right? Because it's an appropriately length song for once on this album. <laughs> um, Leave yeah. Me Out is referring to the last two minutes of the song, uh, which they just completely left out of this one. <laughs> uh, all right, Johnny, let's talk about track seven. This is Suicidal Dream. Johnny, that's a little bit of a suicidal dream. What are your What are your thoughts on this one? This is one. It's sad. It's it's it's. Uh, you know, we've all been teenagers, sort of feeling this, and it's. Yeah. I think so rare that um. You get to hear a teenager like express these feelings yep you know usually it's written in a notebook and then that's it so it's it's interesting to hear a teenager talking about this like while they are a teenager experiencing it especially in 1995 when i would say that the repression was way the repression meter in the west was way higher than it is yeah nowadays yes um it's it's I mean a lot of it is like very uh blunt, very like mm, straight mm-hmm. to the point, like here's this is it. Um and on and I'll tell you, instrumentally, the drums the drums and guitar fucking solid here. Yeah, very solid. This song sounds fantastic. Um I, I loved this song. This was one of my favorites on the album. I, I just love how how angsty it is and how it's it's this like it's not the type of angst music that I would normally identify with. It's because it's mm-hmm. not like a punky at all, but it's just it's so angsty. Yeah. And I do 
Oh man, I do love I do love that like feeling uh, that that outlet for it. Um, and I also got to give it props that it's one of the first songs on this whole album that is the correct length. It is like just at three minutes, and it's like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. great. Maybe it's that you don't want to do like a set, a song so heavy for too long, but they get in and they get yeah. out, and it's like I mean, this is like more like a. It's like a suicidal nap. Like this is not you're not this is not like a full REM cycle <laughs> of suicidal dream. Uh I also I do like the line specifically dreaming about my death, which feels so much different than su- suicidal dream. Yeah. Uh and I think that's like yeah, I mean who who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Lazy songwriting. This should be more consistent. Um, Johnny, let's listen to track eight. <laughs> let's listen to a song. Shocked when this one came up on the album. Was not expecting this one on the album. Let's listen to a song called Madman. Don Draper! <laughs> and Roger! Ducky! Those are all the characters of Madman that I know. That's a little bit of Madman. Wild, an instrumental track on this fucking album. That's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, they do say Madman at the end, which at is the fun. very end. But also <laughs> the way that this album is mixed, like the guitars and drums are so much higher than the vocals at points. When they say Madman, you could miss it. You could miss them even saying anything. They say it totally. so quick at the very end. Madman. Madman. Uh. This is fun. It's a, this is a, we're in and out here. Two minutes yeah. forty three seconds. Yeah. Um. This is this is a solid rock instrumental. Again, something that's probably really fun to see live. Yes. Because it's the kind of thing where, again, they're just like, let's just see how fucking fast we can go. Uh. And then they got their little breaks where they can like, y- you know, catch their breath, be like, you want us to go faster? Yeah. 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 Uh. Yeah. It's a. It's a good. It's a good time. It's a good time. I, I also I, I I thought that same thing and I was like I wonder if they if this is like a one that they play live I was trying to see if I could find any videos of them playing like Mad Men live because um, I think it would be a fun live song it's all instrumental and then I saw they have a version of this song that has lyrics to it so then I thought oh what this is was they kind of put like an unfinished song, it feels like, on their album. Like they had the song written, but they didn't have lyrics. Fuck. And I'm like, also, I've read the lyrics on this album. How fucking hard could it have been? Maybe you do this whole <laughs> album in nine days, maybe take one extra hour and put lyrics to Madman. Uh, but it, it it feels like an unfinished song on the album. And I kind of do love when bands do that. When bands are like, this is not done cooking, but it's ready for the album. Something that's really cool is... Um there is this project that um, is spearheaded by Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age, and it's called The Desert Sessions. I'm sure I've talked about it before. Yes. Where he just gets like a bunch of musicians into a studio in the desert, and they just record stuff. But a lot of those tracks, 
then they'll release these albums. But then yeah. a lot of those tracks will be like reworked and go on to be like Queens of the Stone Age songs. So you get to see like an early version of it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you eventually get to see like a more polished version. I think I always thought that was like super cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's a, uh, it is like, I, I like that. It's kind of like peeking behind the curtain, but also you get like a song that works as it is. Like it works as Mad Men. It works like, but you know, maybe, maybe they do some extra work to it and, and release it in a slightly different context and it becomes a different song. That's cool. All right, Jenny, let's listen yep. to track nine. This is a track called Undecided. There's a lot to Johnny, what are your thoughts on Undecided? I really like this track, and maybe it's been present the rest of the album, and I just didn't notice it, but there's, like, on the toms, there's, like, they sound really, like, echoey, and I really like that different sound. Or maybe he just doesn't use the toms so much on other songs, but I really like hearing that sort of hollow sound. It's fun. Yeah. Um, Then at 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 the very end, his voice sounds super different. Um, it's not as like husky or gravelly or grungy. Um, and that was just weird to hear, but overall, you know, it's another, you know, it's a solid good time. No idea what it's about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't tell you what it's about. The the thing you said about his voice is interesting because it kind of goes to the theory that the grunge thing is like an affect that it's like the, you know, the, the Kurt Cobain mealy mouth, like, you know, it's like. Because he definitely has that, like, I don't know, it's like the far away way of singing from the mic where. Yeah. Because it's it's like you use a lot of like sustained notes, like the oohs and ahs. Yeah. I could see that being an affect that it just slipping away at times or purposefully slipping it away when you don't need it, you know, in that in that context. I, I also love the line. I love the line. Your parents collided and left you behind. I think that's, that's good. That's just, that that's is good. a very good line. Um, even if you are 15, for, for anyone, that's a fun line to say. Uh, and I love that exploration of that, like, you know, nobody has to be born. Like, nobody I, – I wasn't begging my parents to bring me into this world type of thing, you know? I, I think about that a lot, and it's it's wild. And I try to not think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, often the wildest things are the things that we try not to think about. Uh, well, Johnny – Try not to Bears. think about this. <laughs> uh. Try not to think about that and think about this. It, it is the season. Let's listen to a little song called Cicada.
okay, maybe I have changed my mind, Johnny, because maybe this song is the one that is closest to By Vietnam, just because of how much time, <laughs> how many times he references the Civil War. Or a Civil War, I'm sorry, a Civil this, War. Uh, did Australia have a Civil War? I hope so. I mean, I, I, I got to imagine um, that they had something. They were a British penal colony, and now they're a British regular colony. I mean, a sovereign nation or whatever. <laughs> uh, I'll t- I will say my biggest note for this song is it's bad rhymes. Bad rhymes. Yeah. Little boy, favorite toy on his mind, left behind, got worse, curse, apart, start. It's very... Lyrically, this this album very much tracks with some of the poetry that I was writing at age fourteen. I think it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a lot of you know not too dissimilar from the lyrical content I was putting out. Yeah, but uh, like every other song on the album, musically it does it does kind of whip. I still think the song whips. I think the song is very good. I liked Cicada a lot. Uh, the only problem that I'll fault this with is like. The outro to this song is very much, oh, we did not have a producer in the studio. Like, it's just like, it's rambling. It's just kids fucking around. It's kids fucking <laughs> around. Like, it's it, it's kids fucking around. It's kids fucking around all the way down. And that part, it, it, it does, it does, or it did kind of bring me a little out of the album to be like, okay, yeah, so this is just kids fucking around. Like, it's, sometimes you can kind of get whisked off into the album and not really think about it, but they made you think about it here. It it is. It's so interesting to compare this to Hanson. Yes, because I feel like I was never not thinking about them being children. Uh, interesting, and I think that there there were a lot more hands in the in the pie on the Hanson album than. Oh this. yeah, yes, for sure. So it's it's interesting to. See, I would love to see. I mean, there's no way to do this, obviously, but I would love to see what the Hanson boys would have made. Because it's, you know, only a couple years after this, I could see it honestly not being too dissimilar no, from this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they just had, you know, studio execs trying to sell it to like tweens. I did, yeah, a different demographic. And, and to, to be honest, you know, the, the musical talent is there with all of these people, right? They're 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 doing well, that we said that a bunch with Hanson too, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 all they, there. It's just like it's sometimes it, it listening to an album like this, it is so clear what the role of a producer is. And a lot of the times it, this sucks, but you'll you'll listen to an album from someone who's like 19 years old and you'll be like, whoa, damn. And then you'll look up their production staff and it's a bunch of like 57 year old like white men from Hollywood. And you're like, OK, so I guess that they like, you know, this is a 19 year old who's got mm-hmm. this unique whatever. And now there's a bunch of 57 year old white men who are like, yeah, but we know how to sell a song and we know what sounds good and we know what plays on the radio. So it's like sometimes not that I'm saying that either one is the right way to do things, but like sometimes you think like this younger band could benefit from a partnership of, you know, this wisdom. Who's like the youngest producer? Oh man. I don't know. I truly don't know. I mean, I I mean, I doesn't like, doesn't like Billie Eilish's brother produce all of her shit or whatever. Yeah. And he's, so may- maybe they just it'd be I don't know how this would work, but it would be cool to get like 
young producers. <laughs> Well, I don't so know. I don't know how you become they a exist, producer, but because I, I I went to uh, high school in Indiana with a guy who became a white rapper in Florida, and he well, uh, another. Wait. Do, you got to tell me his name off air. Well, or on I, air. I don't I, care. I, I, I can tell you his name. His name is Alex Dunn, but you've probably never heard of him because he moved from Indiana to Florida to L.A. Um, but one of the other guys I went to high school with became his like producer. But they're they're all my age. They were doing this in their twenties, and I think they're probably still doing it now. I don't know. But you know, you could be a young producer, but it's still just like I don't know. That whole the whole yeah. production side of things feels like such a grind, and feels so like weird. And it's all just like you have to work with these other people, or like I don't know. It's just yeah. It's just it, the networking side of it too is also pretty insidious. Look, I'm not saying that the 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 industry or the culture is good at all. I'm just saying that there are fringe benefits from sometimes having like an older, more experienced well, hand helping guide things. Even, I mean, even if the producer acts almost like an editor more than anything else to just, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. So just having, having a second pair of eyes. Never <laughs> I, I totally agree. Uh, all right, Johnny. Well, why don't we give a second pair of ears, honestly, a second and a third, uh, to track 11. This is the last track of the album. This is a little song called Find A Way. One word. Just like Frog Stomp. Just like Silver Chair. honest this is not what i thought i was gonna get out of the last track of the album this was my favorite track of the album i was it, uh, yeah it's a totally different energy than the rest of the album yeah i read that this was like a bonus track that like an australian like bonus track or something originally that then they mm. put onto the album the energy is very different it feels like a lot poppier it's sub three minutes it's like a yeah. three minute song even maybe, like, dare I say, like, a little punkier than the rest of the album. Yeah, totally. This feels like a song that could have been on, like, time. the Empire Records soundtrack or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I love Find A Way. Find A Way is awesome. It's almost like a... It's almost like a post credit scene where it's like, yeah. who knows Who knows what's ne- Who knows what kind of music we'll make next? <laughs> uh, yeah, Find A Way good. Find A Way good. It's an unexpected way to end an album, like... Especially an album that yeah. has like some f- five minute songs on it to like have your last song be like a sub three minute song. Like very cool. Um, some shorter ones in the back half of the album for sure. But Johnny, that's it. That's the whole album. So I got to ask you, my man, you going to recommend this bad boy to people? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'll tell you, I would definitely recommend it. It is it is an album that I still revisit from time to time. I think, I mean, tomorrow is an absolute all time banger. Yes. Again, one of my favorite songs ever made. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think 
they're they're good at what they do. Sure. Um, and I I had a great time listening. And I I always have a great time listening. So I would, <laughs> I would recommend. Um. Okay. I'll go for my part too. I absolutely recommend that people listen to this, especially for the Bill Buds completists, uh, completionists who listen to our like review of the Hanson album. I don't actually mm-hmm. even remember if I recommended that people listen to that handsome, handsome. Uh, I handsome those handsome, handsome boys, those handsome boys, Iowa, Idaho, one of those ones. But no, I you're do thinking re- of uh, Slipknot. Oh, you know what? I am always thinking of <laughs> the Slipknot. handsome boys from Idaho. I do think that this is a good album. I think it's a fun listen. It's too long for 11 tracks. 45 minutes is way too long mm-hmm. for 11 tracks. Um, and some of the songs are like egregiously long. Some of them could have used an editor just to be like, hey, chop a minute off here, chop a minute off here. But even, yeah. you know, there were mi- mi- many times when I was listening to this album that I forgot that they were 15-year-olds. There were a lot of times when I was listening that I remembered Truly. that they were. But I, the Hanson album, I never forgot that they were kids. <laughs> so is there... Could those could we make some sort of um Hansen silver chair speaker box love below <laughs> like du- double album where it's like this is what American 15 year old boys do, this is what Australian 15 year old boys do. <laughs> well, hey Johnny, I'll say this. Oh, and, and the and the the Australian one can be upside down. Yes. So you have oh. to like flip it over. That's that, fun. That would make a fun double album. Well, Johnny. Hanson did not go on your top 100 <laughs> albums of all time, but I got to ask you, is Silverchair, Frog Stomp, going on your top 100 albums of all time? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, maybe if we, had, if we had covered this three years ago, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but we're living and learning. Um, I, I do love it. it. I do truly thought. love it. <laughs> Uh yo yeah god number eight um but but uh, there's uh, for literally no reason other than there are probably a hundred better ones fifty or whatever albums that I like better yeah but but I still love this album I think it's great well it would need to be a hundred albums that you like better Johnny otherwise this should go into well I'm s- oh but you've I'm, already I'm saying, filled yeah I got because you, I've I got already you. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's trouble. Hey, for, but for my part, three years ago, <laughs> I wasn't as familiar with this. I'd heard the single. Um, I would not put this on my top 100 albums of all time. I, yeah. I don't necessarily know that I'd revisit this album. It doesn't really hold the same amount of nostalgia. Just tomorrow, just that song tomorrow. But that could be playlist territory if I ever wanted to hear like an early 90s, oh. mid 90s playlist. I, I still do I got recommend. One. I'll share it with you if you want. I still it. do recommend people listen to this, but. You know, it's hard to listen to music made by 15-year-olds, especially if it was not music made by 15-year-olds that you listened to when you were 15. I will go to the grave for anything that I found when I was 15 that I listened to, but this was not one of those things. So, so yeah, Yeah. for for me, not not top 100 worthy. Uh, Johnny, I do want to say, though, for all of those – one of our favorite uh, new parts of the show, which is when we schedule things in advance, we can actually say um, that – Next week on the Patreon, we are going to be – and this is actually a a listener-submitted one. We're going to be doing a band called Look Mexico, an album called This Is Animal Music from 2007. So that will be fun. Hmm, That sounds fun. I got a a little plug. Whoa, a plug from Johnny. What do you got, Johnny? 
Well, you've got it too, I think, depending on when this episode comes out. Oh, that is right. Yes. We're doing a show. We are doing Just a show. Just today. <laughs> yeah. On September September 20th at 7.30 p.m. at I.O., we're going to be doing some improv. That is First that Wives is, Club is the name of our team. Yeah. Uh, nine days after this comes out. So I'm glad that we are, I'm glad that we're plugging it now. But yeah, September mm. 20th at I.O., 7.30 p.m., you can probably get tickets just by showing up at I.O., but you can also probably find the tickets on the I.O. website as well. Um, but yeah, First yeah, Wives Club. Yeah, Johnny the, and I doing two-person improv. Come check it out. We did it once, and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That was the first improv I've done. So this will be the second improv I've done but he's done a bunch in of sketch, like four so years. Worry. He's done a bunch of sketch since then as well. That's true. Uh, and I guess uh, if you, and the, well, the name of the show – oh, Sorry. I was no, just please. if you're if you're please. gonna buy tickets, no, no, go, the go. name of the show is Windy Indie Night. Windy Indie so Night. Um and if you want to see uh, some more improv, also IO Saturday nights at eight o'clock, world news tonight. I'm there a bunch of times. Uh you could probably see me all summer, all fall long. I'll be there uh some nights. And you can also always if you uh p- pop into I was about to say social media, but I don't check that. Send us an email and ask if Mm-mm. I'll be at the show. You can do that. I'll, I'll probably respond to it. Um, or pop into the Discord because I'm in the Discord. Uh, actually, much more enjoying Discord than I am uh, social media because it's smaller groups of people that are making <laughs> intentional communities. Yeah, I got, I'm in quite a few Discord channels now and it's a good time. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you want to get an episode in the off week, you can always go to patreon.com slash billbudspod. It's pay what you will. Any amount gets you the episode. Um, and we'd love to see you over there. Johnny, that's all I got. I think you've done your one plug, so that's all you got. So I will say to all you listening out in Bill Bud's land, go get your fucking hats. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We got the Bill Buds. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, them bill bucks. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, them bill bucks. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, them bill bucks.